The time has come. I like that. The time is now for Victoria Stilwell's Positively Podcast. She's a world-renowned dog trainer. Seen enough dogs today, have you? She's the host of It's Me or the Dog. I'm coming to train you. Along with co-host Holly Ferfer. You don't play around with that name, do you? I am a fan of Shreddy Balls. She's Victoria Stilwell, and she's ready to go. This is a lovely way to start the day. You get the busy bee. I need to trim her whiskers. I see some poo here. I feel a little bit better now because I'm the only one who usually feels stupid during the podcast. Now, let's head to the studio and get this Positively Podcast started. I feel like I should have jingle bells and be jingling something. It's Christmas time. I know. I love it. And it's been Hanukkah and yes. Kwanzaa. And so, I mean, this is just holiday time, isn't this it? This is fun. New Year's, whatever you, whatever, you, you know, and even if you don't follow any religion, whatever, you can't stop, you can't help but notice everybody's in a good mood, everybody smiles. Except yeah, for when you're in the parking lot at the mall, then my things break. Or except if you're in the store and you're listening to terrible music. I have this thing <laughs> I put on Instagram where um, I'll be walking around the store and then all of it, I mean, there'll be just the most dreadful music. So I always do this little kind of little video of mm-hmm. just... And it's, the video is just on my face, just listening to this music. I kind of want to share the experience with people because, um, and then you got the Christians, the, the Christmas songs ad nauseum. Um, that you still go, go to the mall? But no, I don't really go to the mall. I'm just talking about any stores. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh. no, I, I like going out shopping sometimes. Yeah, I, I do. Just get my stuff online, mm. but, um, but yeah, it's just <laughs> the stores that I go to do have the kind of music. Right. Uh, but anyway, look. Where you I had Bon Jovi done by like, you know, yeah. the Fifth Symphony Orchestra. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, look, lots going on. Mm-hmm. And then this is obviously our celebration episode. But It is. Um, but Nobody told me of, I would have dressed nicer. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. <laughs> look, but I've got... I've got a lot to celebrate Good, yes. about um, because here are some things that I want to talk a little bit about. Um, mm-hmm. We're celebrating because there's been such an amazing response to Lucy's Law mm-hmm. in the UK. Explain what Lucy's Law okay, is. Okay, so hashtag Lucy's Law. Lucy was the Cavalier King Charles Spaniel that had been a breeding dog in a puppy mill or puppy farm in the UK for, for years and years and years. Thankfully, she was rescued. She spent the last three years of her life with this beautiful person, receiving the love that she needed to have right from the start. Um, and her story and her treatment highlights the fact of the devastation that um, these poor breeding animals suffer in puppy farms, which then obviously the puppies get sold in pet mm. stores and get sold online. And it's just terrible. Well, Lucy's Law is um it now just i mean it's it's everywhere and the reason why is because lucy's law will basically put a ban on third-party sales of puppies in the uk i love which will effectively stop puppy farms because you won't be able to sell puppies in pet stores you won't be able to um sell them online from dodgy internet sites um pet stores will have to sell rescue dogs instead or have a i love that rescue dogs instead and so you know all the papers are reporting on it and you know we've had mark abraham on mm-hmm. the show before and he is with at pop aid and he he is the he's the brainchild behind it um and he parliament are talking about it now Great. we're on the verge of having puppy farming and a ban on third-party sales in the uk How i would we- urge everybody just go on um do hashtag lucy's law you'll <coughs> Read be able about to it. find out lots the daily mirror have been the daily mail have been talking about it um 
publications. I mean, just just Google Lucy's Law and you'll see what I mean. And please support it. Sign whatever you need to sign. Share it on social media. And let's get rid of puppy farms in the UK. The other th- reason but this how is how do we get it here? That's what I want to know. How right. do we bring it to the US? Let's let it, I want it to spread like okay. a bad disease. Only it's great. Well, the other gift, mm-hmm. you know, I don't need physical gifts for Christmas. The other, <clears throat> these are gifts to me. The other gift is that uh, California has just announced that they have put a mm-hmm. ban on selling puppies in pet stores. I love okay? it. So it's their and version. Puppies, cats, and I think it's. Uh, Guinea pigs, like a rabbits um, or something. Or rabbits, yeah. yes. They, they, those are being banned. So, and you can only again rescue animals. Fantastic. California is always ahead of everything. Always ahead. You know, always Love ahead. Them. And I'm hoping that other states will follow suit mm-hmm. because we have an unbelievably desperate situation of puppy mills here. Petland being one of the stores that is absolutely disgusting that sells puppies from. Um, from puppy mills and is it all might, about the money is it is all about the money yeah they they work with the hunt corporation the hunt corporation of the middlemen the hunt corporation have a you know that they deliver puppies everywhere and you know when you see the paperwork and you see that this puppies come from ohio or missouri or pennsylvania or you know this is a puppy from a puppy mill 99 percent of dogs that are sold in mm. pet stores if it's not from a through a rescue group or rescue organization come from puppy mills that's from the Humane Society of the United States statistics. The other thing that is a gift mm-hmm. is Victoria <laughs> becomes the first Did your state. Namesake? It's my namesake. Becomes the first state in Australia to ban puppy mills. I love that. Yes, it is. And there is still um, licensed breeding will be allowed, but it will be very much regulated with the mm. actual terrible <clears throat> puppy mills. There's going to be a ban that starts in 2019. So, you know, it's this is this is this is great. These, the movement. This is, it is a movement that's growing and growing because, you know, unfortunately, there are people out there that will still get puppies from pet stores. It just drives me crazy. Um, but um, we, um, you know, I feel like there's a movement to stop it. OK, so and the next thing I want to do, this is also a gift. And then I'll stop. Because mm-hmm. I know I'm talking a lot, but no, go. I love it. She's smiling. Talked, I wish you yeah. could all see what I see. I'm just looking, watching, stand back, watching the you show. You remember we talked about Victoria? She was yes. a German Shepherd that, um, when I was mm. lost in Pennsylvania with Finding Shelter Animal Rescue, that uh, was rescued from a puppy mill, mm-hmm. and uh, she'd been a breeding dog for ten years, wow. and she was uh, rescued because the farmer didn't want her anymore because the dog had hurt its paw and um, was getting blind in one eye and had hurt its paw, I think, in some sort of machinery. And probably had never had any medical care at all. No, 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 no. So we rescued Victoria, and I remember carrying her out of there and carrying into the vet's office, this terrified dog, terrified, shut down completely in an appalling state and very little use of her back legs. Well, we find out that she has degenerative myelopathy, which is a... um, Genet- uh, genital, sorry, <laughs> a genetic disease. So you know that all of those puppies Are that have, have been the bred same in, they problem. could have degenerative myelopathy See, too. When you there don't you know, yep, you don't know what you're buying. Um, but she is now in the care of Finding Animal Shelter Rescue. Uh, sorry, Finding Shelter uh, Finding Shelter Animal Rescue, and she is in their care permanently now. Oh, great! And she is 
She has come out of her shell. Aww. She is just the most wonderful dog, and she's got a bucket list. Oh, really? So now, if you go on mm -hmm. V for Victoria, her Facebook page, you'll be able to find out what Victoria is doing. And parts things on her bucket list are she is visiting all kinds of places. <laughs> and she's become law enforcement dog for the day. She's And this terrified dog is now realizing for the first time what love is. We mm -hmm. don't know how long she's got left. We don't know how long, mm -hmm. and we're trying to raise money so that we can get a cart for her so that, you know, when her legs do finally give out, um, she can still walk around. But, you know, she's there for as long as her quality of life is good, mm -hmm. and um, Grace and Steve Herbert from Finding Shelter Animal Rescue are doing an amazing job with her. So please... Google her, go on her Facebook, <laughs> follow her. support them, follow her. Those are my gifts. I love it. I that's what could you ask for more? Nothing, absolutely nothing. That's amazing. I'm glad to hear it. What a way to start this podcast. I think it's the best. All right. Um, I have a bunch of questions for you. I know our Ask Victoria mailbag is huge. Yes, it is. Um, huge. A lot of people, especially around this time of year, they're having friends and family over for the holidays through New Year's. They're traveling. So uh, let's get to Ask Victoria. And here's some more good news, how you can help other families. This season of Ask Victoria is sponsored by Zooks. You know, an important part of dog training is feeling a connection with your favorite four-legged friend, and there's no better time than the holidays to take life a little slower together. My friends at Zooks are all about sharing outdoor adventures with your dog, but this time of year, we both want to remind you to slow down a little. Maybe take a shorter hike and a longer nap on the couch together. Zooks' line of natural, trail-tested training dog treats are the perfect way to reward your dog as you're bonding. Check them out at zooks.com and follow at Zooks Pets on social. And let's go a bit slower, shall we? Hey, you got something on your mind? What are you, a wizard, a genius? How do they make a miniature? I mean, is there some way, some process they they physically miniaturize the dog, or is it a puppy, or what? What the devil is going on? That's a really good question. I've got my work cut out for me here. Next time you want to know something, can you repeat the yes. question? Why don't you ask Victoria? She's the expert with this kind of stuff, you know. Uh, you obviously don't dog. know my dog. Just ask Victoria. Okay, we're starting spreading. No, that didn't even make sense. We're going to start to spread some more holiday cheer. No, we're going to continue spreading holiday. Whatever it is, we're going to make everyone happy by answering your questions and solving your problems. And no, I've not had any eggnog yet. Okay, so here's a question from Haley uh, Zanstra from Valparaiso, Indiana, which I have been to uh, near Purdue University. I'm a Midwesterner. Um, and she's got an eight-year-old female put pit bull named Thrash. And she said, when we go on vacation, we have to board her at a kennel. She puts up a fight with people who take her back to get boarded. I tried treats and going back there with her, and she won't move. I have to push her to get into the kennel. What do I do? Help. Oh, she doesn't like it there. No, and I'm like, mm, don't push, don't push. I remember she that from you. She doesn't want to be there. <laughs> Are you saying that you have to push her to get into the kennel and then leave? Probably. She's, yeah. She's your dog or the when after you've left, the people that have her there have to do the same. She says, I have to push her into the kennel. So it sounds like she has to help get her into the back because she resists the people trying to go into the back to bring her into the boarding area. If that's the case, is there any way that you can just leave her there and leave so that you're not the one putting her in the kennel? That's why I'm a little bit confused. Well, it says about here she picks up. 
she puts up a fight with the people who take her back to get uh. boarded. So I have a feeling then she probably goes, okay, you know, like I take my dog to the vet and I'm like, come on. And they kind of walk with me like, where are we going? And then I disappear and they go and they're yeah. like, too late. All right. And then I guess maybe if they can't get her to kennel, then you, oh, she doesn't want to go. I know mm. it. So first of all, that would make me think, is this the right place for her? Mm. Um, we know what kind of boarding kennel is it? It, what does she do when she's there? Do they have webcams that you can watch her and see if she's happy? Because it might mean that you have to change and go to somewhere different. Or you maybe go to a sitter that maybe has dogs that they just have in their house. Um, look, you know, there's many great boarding facilities. But at the end of the day, <laughs> you're still in a place where... You know, your dog is in a kennel run and it's separated from you. And, it, you know, it's really hard when you go away to leave your dogs. And it's really hard for those dogs when you when you go away because they're isolated, aren't they? They're they're they're, they're all, you've gone. It's like, oh, my God, it's an abandonment. <laughs> um, so that's what I would really look to is is maybe is this facility the right one? And um Okay, if, if there's no other facility and you have to do this, then what does your dog love the most? Is it, will your dog go for a really delicious, warmed up, smelly hot dog that is thrown at the back of the kennel run? Will your dog go for that? Or a juicy, delicious piece of steak? Something that is really motivating for the dog. Um. Can you can the dog go for a bit of exercise first before it's taken back? Is there something that um, kennel placement? Can you can the dog go to a different kennel run in a different part of the uh, part of the facility? Is it too overwhelming? You know, these are kind of things that I would look at when I'm boarding my dog or if I'm having a problem with a dog in a boarding facility about where it's <coughs> going to go. So uh, try that. But this might be a dog that actually doesn't do well in a kennel run environment because even with the best intentions, boarding facilities can be like rescue shelters where it's just run after run after run of barking dogs. And so you might think, oh, you know, this is this is great for my dog. I'm going for my vacation. The dog's going to have a great vacation. Here's the thing. If your dog pulls you into the facility and doesn't even look back when you leave <laughs> good that's the kind of right your dog's happy but if your dog just puts the brakes on and doesn't want to go i think that's an indication and i think you have to find somewhere else that's not really i guess the most constructive way well, to answer your question it but is I just, it's hard it's a truthful way yeah i mean, I mean we we were talking earlier there. I mean, I don't know the situation there and I don't know how well her dog does with other dogs. But like we talked about, one of my friends is going out of the country for three weeks and she found um, a woman who takes in dogs rather than have someone a dog sit at your house. It's considerably less expensive because the woman doesn't have to keep going to the house and the dog's not alone all the time. And she is a dog and, you know, just made sure that it, they loved, liked each other. It was safe. And she looked at it, it's a safe environment. The woman's a stay at home and this is how she makes extra money. Her husband works and, you know, she loves animals and, you know, the dog, her dog uh, is a little dog who loves having company. So um, something like that worked out really well for them. Maybe that's a better environment, a home environment, if it's possible. What do you think, Vic? I think that, yeah, 
That's that's what I I I just know from seeing dogs in boarding facilities that sometimes these facilities. And I'm not saying because there's a lot of great people that have boarding facilities. There's a lot of great uh, of Victoria Still Positive dog trainers, the SPDTs that have great boarding facilities. Um, but you know, not it's not for every dog. Mm-hmm. So every dog is different. Okay. All right, here's a question uh, from Ryan Gutowski from Weston, Wisconsin. We're staying in the Midwest. Um, and he says, uh, my girlfriend and I have a seven-month-old Morky. That's a Maltese Yorkshire Oh, Terrier I couldn't figure out what the Yorkie yeah. was with. Okay. She works from home, so is here all day. Our dog will not separate from her at all. When she's working, he's right next to her. When we go to bed, he has to be laying on her. If she goes to the bathroom, he's at the very least in there with her, if not jumping on her. She's the only one he does this to, and she wants to correct this behavior. It's good because he's only seven months old. We don't think it's a separation anxiety as there have been times we left him home and he's fine. He just sleeps. So any advice would be appreciated. Thanks. He's just really attached. He loves her. Just loves her, loves to be. like My dogs, unless they're asleep, they follow me everywhere. Um, but there's time. It's like if I want to go to the bathroom or I want to take a shower or I just need a bit of alone <laughs> time, I, I will I go into the bathroom by myself, basically, and I shut the door. And sometimes uh, I'll hear, I'll hear like a little <laughs> nose at the bottom of the door, and then I'll hear Sadie just kind of flop as she lies down on the ground outside the door, waiting for you. Um, and then, then I open the door, and they're so excited and so happy to see me. I think you know, it's called an independence training. And while it's fine and it's lovely to have your dog attached to you. To, to go to the bathroom by yourself is what you kind of have to do. To shower by yourself is what your girlfriend has to do. Um, and keep your dog outside the door. And sometimes shut the door on your dog. Even if your dog scrabbles a little bit, you know, as long as the dog isn't completely anxious, then that giving that dog that ability to be a little bit more independent and, and help it. What does your dog love? Does your dog love a chew? So give your dog a chew and go into another room. And let your dog have a little bit of alone time there. Um, I don't know. It, take your dog for lots of exercise. We love that. Um, and have your partner, so the person who wrote in, do a little bit more with the dog. So it's not just the dog's not just looking at your girlfriend for all of its, you know, for everything. I have okay. to tell you, um, you know, you're talking about how they follow you over. My dogs do too. Um, and uh, when I'm home, sometimes they're just right on me. I'm like, come on, you guys. And so Barnsley, my coonhound who has this, he, his eyes are so expressive. Sometimes he looks at you when he, when, and he's got, you know, he's dark. So he, I call him Darth Vader. He's the Darth Vader eyes. It's very intense and it actually kind of freaks me out a little bit. And I asked Sean, my husband, he's like, it freaks me out too. But um, he now knows to give me a little space because he's pretty good about it. But sometimes I'll be like in the shower and I see this little head come around the corner and just staring and I'm like, that's a little creepy, dude. You're a boy. I'm a girl. I'm your mom. Go in the other room because I forget to shut the door. And he's like, what's hello? And he just doesn't say anything. He just stands and stares. Anyway, so, yeah, we all know he's that. He's a weird dog. <laughs> he's such a weird so dog. So sweet, though. Okay, so this is from, um, okay, so pronounce this name for me because she's from Dublin and uh, her last name's O'Work and it's R-O with a 
Accent oh. I S I N. Oh, Royce. Uh, Royson. Royson. No. Source, it's something like it, no. There's a completely different pronunciation. Okay. Well, you're answering the question. I'm going to look it up. Okay. Yes. Yes. Please. Okay. Because it's a beautiful name. Yeah. Um. She says, "Hi, Victoria. I have an 11 year old Labrador who's constantly pulling on the lead. He's getting old now, and due to his behavior, I'm limited to bringing him places. I was wondering if you uh, recommend one, which would be the best harness for my dog." <gasps> I would think that would be positively <laughs> no pull harness. Yes, you can go online and you can find out about the positively no pull harness if you just go into positively.com and in the search engine on the positively site, you put in positively no pull harness. It will take you to the page where it tells you about the harness and it tells you how to fit it and how to use it. And what I love about it is that it takes pressure off dog sensitive necks and it puts the pressure more evenly around the body. And there is two attachments one on the back of the shoulders and one on the chest you see this dog center of gravity is right here so when you attach a leash to the ring on the chest and the dog tries to pull instead of the dog being able to pull the dog's body kind comes round a little bit now what I've done is there's natural play in every harness so in any harness that you use so um, what happens with harnesses that just have one ring in the middle is that when a dog pulls because of the natural play in the harness the harness comes round and the loop actually comes off the center of gravity and comes to the side well then you kind of lose a bit of that no pull action so I designed my harness to have two loops on either side and if you're standing on the right hand side of your dog you will connect the um, leash to the far furthest loop which is the left loop and if you're standing and if you're walking your dog on your right hand side you connect the dog to the far loop which is the far loop on the right okay and um, and so and then you use the leash which you use it with a double attachment leash kind of like the reins of a horse and um, as soon as the dog uh, starts pulling you just put a little bit of gentle pressure to the leash part of the leash that's attached to the chest and the dog's body will come round now for a Labrador I don't know how big your Labrador is but you're looking at a large or an extra large it should fit snugly like a wristwatch and put it on your dog let your dog wear it around the house and get used to it first before taking the dog outside um, but hopefully the positively no pull harness will help make walking with your dog just a little bit better and a bit more enjoyable and you know Holly I love harnesses um, I, I do because gosh it takes pressure off that neck but um, I you know Sarah Fisher is a T-Touch practitioner she is truly a an amazing person she is part of our faculty as well for the Victoria Stillwell Academy and um, she makes a really good point you don't put on the same clothes every day so why would you put the same harness on your dog every day that you know change it up so the pressure points are different so use three different kind of harnesses or two different kind of harnesses or um, you know something that that means that it's not going to be the same harness every day do you know what I mean it's like because hmm. even with a even with a positively no pull harness there's there's pressure points as well and um, <clears throat> sometimes just changing a harness up gives the dog a different kind of feeling and um, anatomically for the dog there's not uh, you know it's different kinds of pressure which means that it's better for your dog's body it's better for that. your dog's yeah I do the same I use yes. the positively no pull harness yeah 
So um, All the time. you don't have to, mm-hmm. but I think that she, you know she brings up a really good point. So um, there are some people like I have a couple of different harnesses for my dogs, and um, but of course I use my positive no pull harness as well. So back up a second. <laughs> you said you, it's a double leash, so it goes on one side and then it goes on the back. Yes. Yes. Oh. So it's a double leash. So you have two attachments, and then you work the dog like this. It's kind of like, do you just have one leash? But you can just use one leash and just attach it. Okay, to the front. good. Because I was like, oh, oh yes. my god, this whole time I've only used that, but no, it no, no, works no. fine. No, no, I was you like, can. Okay, so you can absolutely. Yeah, yeah. If you don't, you want to use the get the double leash. You, just, just, you can just use it with a clip on the front. Sean always don't complains that I don't read directions, and I think he might be right. Um, but yeah, it does. It works beautifully. I have a leash. I, I put it on the one part, and he, you know, when I when we stop, and he goes, what? And it, it works mm-hmm. beautifully. Good. And um, I looked good. up her name, and it's Roshin. It's ah. Roshin, or I guess Roshin, and it means little rose. Oh, that's beautiful. That isn't that beautiful? Roshin. God, Roshin. Irish names. I know. I love that. So I, I'm Irish, by the way. You are? Yeah, my ancestors are, are from Ireland as well, yeah, and I'm very proud to be Irish. Is Siobhan, and, the name Siobhan, but it's like Siobhan. S-I-O-B-A-N, and I yes. love that. Yeah, yeah, that's an Irish name as well. I've always loved I that fa- name. I just found out recently about my family tree. So, oh, you do? Um, but I knew that I have Scottish ancestors, uh-huh. um, and I, I knew that I that there was Irish, but um, now I really know who they are. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's really cool. Um, my cousin, I'm just looking here, my cousin... Uh, sent me a, an email not too long ago and her daughter for a project did the DNA thing and found out that there are furfurs. We thought we were the only furfurs in the world. We thought it was made up, but they actually, it's French. Oh, furfurs are French. Furfier. Oh, furfier. They don't know, but they found that we, and they wow. saw our name on a, on a, um, what do you call it? The shield, whatever. Oh, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. One crest, of those. A family a crest. crest. And I'm talking family. to you, but she's Total sitting box. right there, so I kind of <laughs> can't stop. I know it sounds, it looks weird because we're in total, I'm in the corner and you're, anyway. Do we have time for one more question? Uh, yes, let's do one more question, but then we got a party because it's, you know. <laughs> party, now. yes, we do. We have a quiz. We do have a quiz. All right. Uh, first one, real quick, uh, or last one rather, Skylar Goforth from Provo, Utah says, I'm a first-time dog owner and have a concern about not having an enclosed yard. I would like to be able to let my dog out and not have to worry about her running away. I know the simplest solution is to keep her on a leash while she's out, but I would like her to be able to roam around without restraint. Is there a way to establish barriers for her without a fence or an enclosed yard? There is. There, I mean, you know, again, it just takes um, going out there with your dog and... Um, Get uh, getting your dog used to the boundaries, never leaving your dog out there by itself, I'd have to say. And if you want to leave your dog out by itself, then you truly do need to have some kind of physical barrier, not an electric fence. Mm. The liability of an electric fence. They say, you know, ah, these companies are very clever. Their marketing is so great. I saw... A company the other day, I saw a sign in somebody's yard and, and it has a picture of a dog saying, I love heart my blah, blah mm-hmm. fence. I can't say the company. I love my fence. I thought, what clever marketing that, that they put that sign out there um, because obviously this, this person, and they're very close to me, just had a, an electric fence put in. Um, and, of course, people are going to drive past and go, oh, look at that picture of the dog with the big heart saying it loves its blah, blah fence. Um, and they have no idea. They have no idea. <laughs> the people that install your fences, they are not trainers. They are salespeople, number one. Number two, when they say freedom for your dog, 
not really freedom with a hint of anxiety with a bit of fear because if the dog goes part across that barrier that's it's learned not to because it's been hurt by being shocked if it did so many dogs even if they've experienced one shock okay they uh become really scared of going out into the front or backyard doesn't matter where you have the electric fence it exacerbates fence running so dogs that do stay behind the fence they can see as well as hear things on the other side of that fence and so now they're chasing bicycles that go past or they're barking and being reactive as people walk past or as cars go past or as bikes go past if you just talk to the animal control of your city i want you to go talk to them and find out how many um dogs do you find with electric collars on that are wandering and lost and they will tell you a lot because also you know it just takes one time for that dog to see a squirrel or an animal or something that it wants to get to on the other side of the fence everything all of their training goes out the door and boom they run past that shock they get shocked and then they're too scared to come home but then they can get run over then they start wandering and get lost um then they can go hurt somebody uh, i'm telling you no boundary even a fence can offer 100% protection but a fence can offer much better protection than an invisible fence can so here is my advice to you yes there is a way of establishing a boundary and i do it by boundary training and i do it by a system of flags like they do for electric fences um but there's obviously no electric fence there and i do teach the dogs that they have to remain behind the flag and all it is is i i have a flag there i teach the dog to go back and remain behind it um i do body blocking and we do that at every flag and so when the dog realizes that the those flags means that it can't go beyond there then um I can begin to take the flags up very similar to how they train um with the electric fences but not with a shock. Now the fact is though that I know dogs well enough that I don't leave my dog out in the front or backyard by themselves if there is no physical barrier to stop them from getting out because at the end of the day you've got a predator you've got an animal there and it just takes one little thing for that dog to lose its mind or get crazy brain and then go and so that's why i think if there's a way you could construct a kennel run within your backyard or somewhere where your dog can go and if you can't then it's a long line for your dog to go outside and um so my dogs for example holly can and i have a chihuahua and a labrador when i'm working in my front yard they are out in the front yard with me and they do not go beyond that barrier no well, physical barrier in the front yard the other thing but we have a fenced in backyard and i can leave them by themselves in the fenced in backyard if i'm in the house but i'm sorry these electric fences they drive me crazy it, here's the other thing about it too so your dog may not be able to get out but anything else can get in so what if there's a stray dog that happens to be rabid or you know aggressive and your dog has nowhere to go because it can't go out because it's got an electric fence so you may prevent your dog from leaving the yard but you can't prevent things from coming in the yard and now you've just made your dog vulnerable and that would you that do. would really worry me and kids i mean there's yeah. been so many cases of kids going into the properties getting bitten 
Um, and also because of the dog, the, the dog receiving the shock can exacerbate aggressive response. So the dog becomes more aggressive towards the people in the house too. Now here's the killer. And, uh, and I don't use that word lightly. I know it's tough, but, um, it's a great way to get your dog stolen. Mm-hmm. Just leave your dog out in the front yard with no physical barrier. Or in the Just backyard. Just leave it there. Freedom for your dog. Or in the backyard. Your dog will get stolen. It happens all the time. All the time. Look, I'm part of, you know, we have a neighborhood network. And, uh, you know, I would say like three, four times a week. Lost dog. Lost dog. Look, you'll find it has its electric. Went through its electric fence. I mean, it is crazy the amount of times it happens. And also lost dogs. These dogs have been stolen, some of these dogs. Some of these dogs have been stolen. And who are they, if it's a purebred, oh, it's going to be sold on. If it's another dog, maybe it's going to be used in bait and dog fighting. So I'm, I'm telling you, please, please, for the love of goodness, don't use, have an electric fence. Just don't, whatever you call them, an e-fence, an invisible fence, whatever fence, do not do it. Do not do it. Do not do it. So you're saying no. I, <laughs> Just think I said no. I, said I love no. that impassioned whatever. That was oh. awesome. Well, All now right. we know. Good. Thank you. And um, if you want to send questions in to uh, us, podcasts at positively.com, we'd love to have your questions. Vic would love to answer them um, because then we're all smart. Let's jump right into the Let's Embarrass and Humiliate Holly segment. Open your notebook, sharpen your pencil, and get ready. You're about to attend Victoria's Animal Academy. Okay, so um, since we're talking holidays and gift giving and loving and peace and spirit and all that good stuff, I'm going to give you something. I'm going to give you a quiz. <laughs> and um, again, it has nothing to do with dogs, but it is the holidays. And so I think everybody, you know, whether you celebrate or not, is in the spirit and may or may not know okay. this. So. Um, I'm going to give some uh, softballs to you first. So, oh my God! Don't Will get comfortable, be jaded. And then I can't. Get no, no, really, really I'm easy. Look with, oh promise. God. I Seriously. promise you'll get the first one. Ready? Oh, In Lord. the song "Frosty the Snowman," what made Frosty come to life? <laughs> <laughs> really? I thought you might have to sing it. Frosty the Snowman. Yep. I don't know Frosty the Snowman. I was brought up in England. Do they we not have, have snow well, there? No, we have snow, but... Uh, Did you not have Frosty? No, you were not so, really. Oh. Had a shiny... No, that's Rudolph had a shiny nose. Yes. <laughs> you were... You, what made, brought him <laughs> to life? I don't I feel really bad because you were like, you know, you suffered over there. An old silk hat. Absolutely no really? idea. Not oh, even no, one thought this was thousand be, percent. thought this was going to be easy, oh, but apparently my not. God. Okay. Uh, here's one. You've got to get this one. Who played George Bailey in the Christmas classic, It's a Wonderful Life? There you go. Oh, James Stewart. Yes, Jimmy Stewart. Go. Thank God for that. There we go. I'm not going to keep score. One of Santa's reindeer shares a name with a famous symbol of Valentine's Day. What reindeer is that? Really? <laughs> She's looking at me with a blank face. What do you mean a symbol of Valentine's what's Day? What's a symbol a of... What else? Red? What's a... Think of... What are his reindeer? Come on. There's, on Dasher, on Dancer, on... Prancer and Vic something. Vixen. Vixen. Comet and... Cupid. Yes! Oh, my God. You totally would not you get know, that point, though. I'm I had sorry, to walk you through saying, it. I'm sorry, God. I, I, just my brain. I love it. Okay, oh. what much-reviled Christmas edible is known for its long shelf life? Oh, Christmas pudding in England, but we're oh. not in England for its long shelf life. Christmas edible. 
here. I don't know, but there. It's <laughs> freaking mince pies and Christmas pudding. You can eat it a What's year Christmas later. What's Christmas pudding? Christmas cake. It's it's this disgusting concoction of raisins and other fruits. It's a fruitcake. It's a fruitcake. That's the answer. A oh, fruitcake. Okay. Disgusting. <laughs> don't ever... Feed me fruitcake. Well, please. I'll tell you this, though. If there's an apocalypse, it probably will still be around. We may have to eat it. God, yes, it might. Okay. In, In the early 1800s, the first gingerbread houses were reportedly inspired by what famous fairy tale? I don't know. The gingerbread man? I don't know. What? Think uh, about, um, there was an old witch and she was baking. She in a shoe and she had, no. No, no. She was this. baking. Hansel and Gretel. Oh, Hansel and Gretel. I really thought these were easy. I'm a Jew and I knew this. Okay. In the song, you probably won't know this one. Watch, this is the one you'll know. In the song, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, what incriminating evidence was found on Grandma's back? A print, a paw print, a piece of reindeer poo. Claws marks. Claws marks. Get it? Yeah. Oh, but it's C-L-A-U-S. <laughs> According to legend, what are the inspiration, what is the inspiration for candy cane? Or what are the inspirations for candy canes? This one was a little tough. Red and white. No, no. <laughs> As in candy canes are red and white. Yeah, but what's the inspiration? Walking sticks. Have you been drinking eggnog? <laughs> yes, you got it. Walking sticks. Yeah. Yes. So a shepherd's staff is a way to oh, remind children of, a she- of the shepherds who okay. visited baby Jesus. Well, no, well, I didn't really get that right, okay. but it kind of is the shape of a walking stick. So I have hey, a really, that was a guess. That was pretty good. Can I divert and take a left turn with everybody? Would everybody oh. be mad if I tell you a funny story? Yeah. And we have no, no, to- no, okay, no. I'll do it really do. quickly. I used to travel when I was single with all my friends and we'd go to Europe and they have these amazing things called kinder markets. You probably had him in England. Yes. They set up little booths and it's like a market, but you know, with handcrafts, but it's a lot of, you know, Christmas and holiday stuff. So we were in Germany, we're in Berlin and they have this big central square and they were setting up on like Sunday, Monday or whatever, because Tuesday was going to be the big open of the kinder market. And so they were setting it up and I walked by and me as the animal lover walks by and I see they're putting hay and they've got like this trough and stuff and I go look there's gonna be a petting zoo and they all started laughing they're like oh our little Jewish friend that's gonna be the manger and they start telling me the story you know you know with I was like oh yeah so I felt like a total ding-dong like the whole time I was like oh I I hope I didn't offend anybody that's terrible why would I think that you know and then the next day, you know, they were all ready and everything was all set up and they were going to have their big grand opening and we walked by and I was like, oh, look, there's the, there's no nativity in there. And it was a petting zoo. And so across <gasps> the entire kinder market, I yelled, come quick, the llama's eating baby Jesus. Because the llama was eating out of the trough. <laughs> How old were you? Oh, like, I don't know, 35. Oh, okay. <laughs> But I was all excited. That's I was like, come so quick. Cool. You are yeah. right. See? So there you go. So never apologize. Ne- always go with your gut instinct. Yeah. There you go. Holly, see? All right. Sorry about that left oh, turn. Back to this. In the movie A Christmas Story, which for the record is my favorite. I love What Christmas was the story. name of the next door neighbors who dogs ate the Christmas turkey? No idea. Did you think about the bumpuses? You know. The bumpuses. The bumpuses. Okay. You know I have a leg lamp. Yeah, you have a leg lamp. Yeah, oh. in our TV room, we have a little leg lamp. Okay. I was going to get the full-size one, but then yeah, I thought... Yeah. that's a little much. It's too fragile to get home. In the TV special, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, what three words best describe the Grinch? Whoa. Oh, it's for part of the song, isn't yes. it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Sing it. Oh, God. Oh, he's a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Um, oh, he's something like a five-foot pole or something. I don't know. Can I just also tell you... I didn't grow up with the Grinch. You didn't? The Grinch was something when I moved to America that I found out about. What did you have? 
We don't have the Grinch in England. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> There's happy. no Grinch in the really? England. And so when I came, I thought, oh my kind gosh. Did you have? You didn't have uh, Dr. Seuss? We have Dr. Seuss, so yes, in books, and the Grinch was in there, but it's oh. not part of the Christmas thing. Okay, so... So I just want to say that it wasn't until I had my daughter that I started learning about the Grinch. And, yeah, yeah. And the Grinch is kind of scary, so I didn't yeah, really true. even like it. Well, the three words are stink, stank, stunk. There you go. So there you go. All right. Here we go. Let's get off that and let's go to something better. All right? You'll know this one, Miss Europe. Please don't say that. What do Germans hide in their tree? <laughs> Oh my gosh! My I roommate uh, was German. Her family was German, I'm and not she did German. I don't know what do they hide in the tree? Candy? A pickle? Sir, the first one. Who... I think in a million years, <laughs> I would have never said a pickle. The first one who finds it gets a special gift. Oh wow! Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, I was at a. Um, That's interesting. Find I was, a pickle. In, yeah. I was at a. Uh, White elephant, you know, where you get the oh, exchanges. Yeah, and our friend Monica got a singing pickle. She, she got a singing pickle? Yes. That's pretty It'll cool. end up at Regiftmas, I'm yes, sure. Yeah. Okay. In Great Britain, you've got to know this one. I, if I don't, I don't know. Okay. I'm like... In Great Britain, what do they do to make a wish at Christmas? Oh, I don't. What do you mean <laughs> in Great Britain? What do we do to make a wish at Christmas? You stir Christmas pudding mix in a clockwise direction before it's cooked to make a wish that will come true. Nobody does that. (laughs) Nobody does that. This is where we need video. you got to see her face. (laughs) Okay, how about this? In the Czech Republic, what do single women do at Christmas? Funny that you would get probably the... No, you'll never get this one. No. Uh, they dance around the husbands for fertility. No, I don't a, a know. single woman. A single woman. Oh, a single woman. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know. They do something so that they can get a man. Yes, very good. Yes. Of course you get this one. Okay. They actually, they stand by the door and then they throw a shoe over their shoulder. And if the shoe is pointing where they're standing, it means they're going to get married th- that year. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> gosh. <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, let's go back to a Christmas story because I love okay. this movie. In a Christmas story, Ralphie says he wants a Red Ryder BB gun. How many times? Oh my god! Spoiler gosh. alert: He comes close, but he doesn't yeah, shoot his eye out. Yeah, times. Um, oh my god, it's a lot. Twenty-eight. Okay, twenty-eight times. You know that's going to come up at a Christmas party. Yes, You're going to be like, did you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. George Washington's recipe for eggnog included what? And this is why he's my favorite president, probably. Uh, a lot of alcohol. Yes. Three mm-hmm. types of booze, rye whiskey, mm-hmm. rum, and sherry. Mm-hmm. Look at that. You got throwing the shoe and liquor so far. Okay. In Old English, mistletoe translates into what? I have no idea, but obviously mistletoe is for kissing under, but I don't know, actually. Dung on a twig. Oh. Ooh. Apparently, the old Germanic tribes noticed the plant sprouts out of bird droppings and decided oh, to label wow. it such. Oh, dear. And you kiss underneath it? Oh, good Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, because you know it's a parasite, right? It's a parasite yes. of trees. Yeah. Okay. Uh, December 24th is known as Christmas Eve, but it is also what? Which makes perfect sense when you think about it. Uh, it's also... Uh, it's the time when Santa comes. He starts on his sleigh. Why would I quiz you about that? Uh, I don't know. It's National Eggnog Day. <sighs> now you know, right? Wow. Ecuadorians, or Ecuadorian, yeah, Ecuadorians do what to celebrate the new year? They dance. 
they burn paper-filled scarecrows. And here's the thing. I don't really oh. know why. If you're from Ecuador or know anybody, could you find that could out and let us know? Because I don't know why. Okay. You know what the Swiss do? What? Drop ice cream on the floor. Do they? I don't know why. That's kind of a waste of perfectly oh, that good is ice totally cream. waste. And the people in Siberia, mm-hmm. this one puzzles me, mm-hmm. on New Year's, they plunge into frozen lakes while carrying a tree trunk. What? I get I get the frozen thing, but yeah, lake yeah. thing because that's Siberia. They're like, oh, yeah. let's have fun here. There's nothing else to but do. But they carry a tree trunk what? in Finland. You know what they do in Finland? I don't know. They New do years? anything in Finland. There, it's kind of Finland's kind of. Cra- I love Finland. It's kind of crazy. It's beautiful. I've been there only mm-hmm. once. Each New Year, friends and family gather to burn metal in a pan for a ritual called molib- molibdominancy. Wow. The Finns inspect the shadows that the metal casts by candlelight, huh. and those shapes are supposed to predict the future. Well, there you go. There you go. In Italy, you know what they do on New Year's? No. They wear red underwear on New Year's Day because it brings good luck all year long. I'm like, hey, it can't hurt, right? Right. Absolutely. I'm going to wear red underwear. Okay, me too. And you know what? Everyone else is too because why chance it? Look, everybody who listens to this podcast, (laughs) wear red underwear on New Year's Day. Let's see how it goes. For 200 years, candy canes came in only one color. What color? White. Yes. Did you really know that? I I had no idea. White, yep. The rod, uh, the red stripes appeared around 1900. Okay. Nothing's been the same since, right? Okay. Uh, two more, and the pain will end. Yeah. <laughs> How many kicks per show, about, do the Rockettes, Rockettes do? do? Oh, I don't know, 100, 150. 300 per show. <gasps> Good grief, those girls. And you know how many shows at holiday time they do per day? Something like three or four. Four, which oh, means 1,200 oh, kicks a day. Oh, my goodness. These women are amazing. They're Amazon. They're Baby. amazing. They're like the most, Incredible. yes. And uh, last question, mm-hmm. since, you, since you did so well with this question before-ish, which two reindeer's names were not in the oh, original God. poem? Fixin? Mm-mm. Dasha? Mm-mm. Prancer. Mm-mm. Cupid. Funny you're running out of names. Mm-mm. Rudolph. <laughs> no, he wasn't in the original oh, at all. You're right. It. But these were na- they were in there, but their names were not the same. Their names had been changed. Don't know. Donner and Blitzen. Oh. In the 1823 Clement Seymour original poem, A Visit from St. Nick, Donner and Blitzen were Dunder and Blixman. Oh. They're, I was like, what? It was a Jewish like reindeer, like a Washington Blixman? Post kind of Watergate thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, that sort of sounds like. Um, yeah. Oh, I got very excited about that. I go, Sean, there was a Jewish reindeer, Blixman. <laughs> um, those are actually Dutch words for thunder and lightning. Ah, and so it got changed a little go. bit. You see, even though one has not done so well on that quiz, one has learned a lot. <laughs> I like how you, one speaks in third third person yes. when one wants to well, one does sometimes <laughs> if you're from the uk oh my gosh um, well the next time we'll see you is or talk with you is new year so we still have some yeah, more celebrating have, to do yeah we'll have it'll um just before new year and then uh, on new year's day we're gonna have our our last podcast on new year's day that's right what are you doing for uh christmas for the holidays so we're just with family Love it. staying at home with family thank goodness there's no traveling and you're you're staying at home aren't you as well yes. and then mm-hmm. you'll be um i'll be here for new year's yeah there it's it, it, i say it's still it's not a new new year's unless i'm here i know you doing your here. daughter alex's amazing quiz competition it. and yeah it. i'm gonna start brushing up but um, hey have a happy holiday to all of you wonderful listeners thank you for listening to our podcast and uh, we really appreciate your support and email us keep in touch Yeah.
Because we'll be back again, won't we? We hope. Very shortly. <laughs> Is the, and you know what? I, I would love people just email us and tell us what's going on with you. It doesn't have to be a question yeah. or even, you know, just, you know, <laughs> hey, we... I like to make new friends. This is a great community. Thanks, everybody. Have a fabulous holiday. Be safe and be happy and be well. Thanks for tuning in to Victoria Stillwell's Positively Podcast. For more information, visit Positively.com. Get connected on Facebook and YouTube as Victoria Stillwell or follow her on Twitter at Victoria X. Be sure to tune in next time as Victoria helps to change dogs' lives positively. Positively.